Welcome to Budget Watchdog, All Federal, the podcast dedicated to making sense of the budget, spending, and tax issues facing the nation. Cut through the partisan rhetoric and talking points for the facts about what's being talked about, bandied about, and pushed to Washington. Brought to you by Taxpayers for Common Sense. And now, the host of Budget Watchdog AF, TCS President Steve Ellis. Welcome to all American taxpayers seeking common sense. You've made it to the right place. For over 25 years, TCS, that's Taxpayers for Common Sense, has served as an independent, nonpartisan budget watchdog group based in Washington, D.C. We believe in fiscal policy for America that is based on facts. We believe in transparency and accountability because no matter where you are on the political spectrum, no one wants to see their tax dollars wasted. Podcast listeners, it's been almost four months since our inaugural Budget Watchdog All-Federal Podcast. In that episode, we talked about a Biden administration pause on oil and gas leasing on federal lands. This week, we learned that a federal judge ruled against that approach, saying that is up to Congress. Leaving aside legality, I know this is the right time to revisit the issues around revenue for taxpayers and catch everyone up on what's been happening and what underlying problems still exist. There is no one better to help us unpack all of this than our inaugural podcast guest, illustrious TCS Vice President, Autumn Hanna. Autumn, welcome back to Budget Watchdog AF. Thanks, Steve. It's good to be back. And yes, a lot has happened since we last spoke about oil and gas leasing on federal lands. Bipartisan legislation has been introduced. The administration has laid out its intentions and started proposing changes to oil and gas fiscal policies. And even the courts have weighed in. Wow, that is a lot. Should we work backwards from these announcements and start with the ruling from this week on the leasing pause? Podcast listeners know that TCS supports postponing sales until we fix the many outdated policies in the leasing system run by the Department of Interior that cost taxpayers way too much. Right. As you mentioned earlier this week, a federal judge in Louisiana issued a preliminary injunction to block the Biden administration's pause on new oil and gas lease sales on federal land. And as we discussed in that first podcast, the administration postponed lease sales to undertake a review of the program and consider options for reform. This decision is concerning for us because lease sales could restart before any of these reforms get made. And and once a lease is issued, the rates are set and this could lock in taxpayer losses. So we've had this pause in effect for a few months. I mean, what has happened during this uh, pause? Has the Department of Interior come up with any reforms or started moving forward? Well, the process is ongoing and the Department of Interior, known as DOI, so I might say that sometimes, had an online forum and also took comments from the public through mid-April. Our full comments are on the TCS website, but overall, we took that opportunity to detail areas where we see the need for reform in the leasing process. We support reforms that get taxpayers competitive rates from the oil and gas we own. Things we've discussed before, like updating rates to inflation, rates that haven't been updated in decades. We can all agree that DOI is required to hold these lease sales, but with the stockpile of land already leased and not producing and a pause, which is supposed to be a postponement and not an abandonment of leasing, we think this pause was the fiscally smart decision. It made sense for taxpayers. So when will this review be made public? I mean, what indications are there on timing? What validity is there to industry concerns that taxpayers are going to be hurt if federal oil and gas doesn't start moving again? So this has been slower than a lot of folks would like. 
and notably critics of the process include both Republicans and Democrats. States like New Mexico and Montana, they count on this oil and gas revenue, and they don't like the uncertainty that the current situation creates. Look, in the short term, there isn't a threat to revenue because leases take years to enter production, and most of the revenue comes from that production, not the lease sale itself. In reality, addressing the millions of acres already leased and not producing makes more sense than fast-tracking lease sales. But yes, if this drags on too long, then there could be revenue impacts. Remember, this all started right out of the gate in January. We all know the new administration is making this a priority and it's taking them time to get set up and moving, but it's taking a little too long. And now we're all eager to get an update and see DOI's review and report. Well, I can see why folks are eager. Budget Watchdog AF listeners, let's lean in and narrow down on this a bit more. Autumn, Hannah, are we talking next week? next month, or the end of the year for this report. We all know how things without hard deadlines go in Washington. I mean, geez, even with hard deadlines like funding government before the start of the fiscal year fall by the wayside and the government gets shut down. What are we working with here? Well, there is good news here, Steve, because as you said, the sooner we fix the problems and continue oil and gas leasing in a way that gets us that fair return and gets us those valuable resources to market, the better. So here is what we know. The Biden administration just released its first plan for the Department of Interior's agency actions. It's called the Unified Agenda. It includes updates to several rules that carry fiscal impacts. Taxpayers could save billions of dollars if these new rules get us reforms that we've been asking for. Ooh, unified agenda. Sounds neat. All right. So what does this unified agenda say about oil and gas? Does this indicate what the review might tell us? Yeah. So in the released agenda, DOI says they will propose to, quote, update the fees, rents, royalties, and bonding requirements related to development and production. So this tells us that the pending review has convinced them of the need to make reforms. And it's a good list to start with. It's a, it's a list that reflects what we've been saying all along in a lot of these areas. So we hope that they can get moving and get some reforms instituted quickly. Got it. It's just common sense. All right. Let's move from leasing to breaking news this week about royalty revenues for taxpayers, if not the royalty rate itself. What happened this week and how much money might taxpayers reap from this change? Late last week, DOI formally proposed to withdraw a rule that addresses how to value oil and gas produced from federal lands and waters. This rule is under the purview of the Office of Natural Resource Revenue at the Department of Interior and is generally known as the 2020 Valuation Rule. It was rushed through just five days before the Trump administration left office, leaving it ripe for review by the Biden administration. Yeah, five days before. Clearly, this is well-thought-out decision-making. Not... Right. And although this is a new action, the rule has been worked on since 2011 at the Department of Interior. And this recent news is just the latest string of policy pivots back to 2016. The important takeaway for taxpayers now is the Trump era rule would have cost taxpayers almost $650 million in lost royalty revenue over a decade. So real money, at least to most of us, Pulling back on the 2020 rule, like the Department of Interior proposed, could mean recouping that revenue and setting more reasonable royalty collection standards. So we're really excited at that prospect. Okay, Autumn, hold up a second. So I know the valuation rule is complex, but can you do a simple explanation of how and why we would lose revenue if we don't drop the 2020 rule? Producers pay federal taxpayers royalties for the rights to extract valuable oil and gas resources from public lands and waters. How much producers pay depends on the royalty rate, which we talk about a lot because it hasn't been updated in a century. For instance, states charge up to 25% for their royalty rate, but the feds charge only 
But in addition to this royalty rate, how you value that resource is extremely important for taxpayers. For example, the royalty rate for most oil and gas leases in the Gulf of Mexico is 18.75%. And if a producer sells one barrel of oil valued at $100, federal taxpayers get $18.75. But if that barrel is sold at $50, federal taxpayers only get $9.38, so half of that revenue. So there you can see how setting the value of the oil and gas makes a big difference on revenue taxpayers receive. So it's extremely important that this is done right, fairly and transparently. Ooh, all right. I get it. So we should really call it the 2020 undervaluation rule. Yes. And all of the details on how and when to value the resource matters, if and where you allow deductions. And we really dig into that more in comments we provided to the Department of Interior. We'll be digging in again, too, as we are now in the 60-day comment period for this latest action. Of course, you can learn more on the rule and how it works on our website in recent posts and in more detailed fact sheets we've done on valuation and royalties over the years. Yes, Budget Watchdog AF listeners, Taxpayers for Common Sense has excellent analysis and reporting on this important issue. Taxpayer.net. Check it out. We love to promote our work. And expect lots more of it on the valuation rule this summer and fall when we submit our latest comments. This comment period on the valuation rule will end in August. And then again, the administration will take its next steps this fall. So stay tuned. Great. So moving along, another thing we've been hearing about is updated rules on wasted gas on federal lands. Gas that is vented, flared, or otherwise used royalty-free, again, costing taxpayers. What's this all about and what's happening there? Okay, so this one takes a winding path as well. Venting is the release of natural gas and the recovery of oil, and flaring is the burning of that gas. The Bureau of Land Management, also under the Department of Interior, published a rule in 2016 to limit that venting and flaring of natural gas from federal leases and clarify when operators would be charged a royalty on it. The Trump administration took aim at this rule, but its attempts to replace it were thrown out in court, as was the underlying 2016 rule. So as a result, the rules governing gas waste on federal lands reverted to previous versions written in the 1970s, 1979 to be exact. Wait, so you're telling me this is being governed by rules put in place when disco raged and ironically Donna Summer's hot stuff was at the top of the charts? I don't know how you know this stuff, Steve, but point taken. These outdated rules are not so hot. They, they lead to an enormous amount of waste for which the oil and gas operators don't have to pay any royalty at all. They, they cost taxpayers millions of dollars every year while enabling emissions that add to the climate change problem. DOI is proposing to issue a new rule, but unfortunately, it looks like that won't start until 2022. Okay. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. One more hot stuff reference. The natural gas we are mostly talking about is methane, a far more potent climate change contributor than CO2. We're watching and we'll be opining on that again. And I promise no more hot stuff references this podcast. Well, that takes us to the end of our oil and gas updates. Actually, Steve, I know that was a lot that we just covered, but I think it's worth noting what's going on in Congress, too. Of course. We can't forget about the other end of the Pennsylvania Avenue at the Capitol. So bills have been introduced on both sides of the Capitol. Senators Rosen and Grassley are working on the issue. So a Democrat from Nevada and a Republican from Iowa. Right. And they are raising important issues about the need to level the playing field and ending egregious, outdated giveaways for oil and gas while continuing to recognize it's really important to our energy security to have responsible energy development on federal lands. 
they introduced a bill in March and it tackles the outdated rental, minimum bid and royalty rates that we've been talking about. And just this week, the senators wrote to the interior secretary asking that the bill be included as a policy recommendation in the comprehensive review and citing our important research on taxpayer revenue. That's the all important soon to be released review that we've already talked about, right? Exactly. And here, like a good infomercial, but wait, there's more. Senator Manchin, chair of the Energy and Natural Resources Committee, has also held a hearing on oil and gas reform and raised some good questions about non-competitive leasing, another problem you all might remember. That issue is one DOI can't fix on its own and needs Congress to act. So we hope to see legislation to address non-competitive leasing soon. All right. So that's the Senate side. What about over on the House side of the Capitol? So glad you asked. You'd think we work together or something. Only for 20 years. So, Steve, in the House, a suite of reform bills from bonding and royalty reform to non-competitive leasing and methane waste have been through hearings and markups. Representative Porter, a California Democrat, has taken on the issue and her bill was voted out of the House Natural Resources Committee. So we hope it continues to move forward. And podcast listeners should know we have interest on the same issue on the Republican side of the aisle, too. So we hope to see some real changes moving forward this summer. Well, thanks for all that info. Good to know, especially about any bipartisan action these days. That is a rare commodity. So there you have it. Taxpayers suddenly doing better than expected, at least for now, in the federal oil and gas space. Thanks for listening to Budget Watchdog AF. Subscribe and share. Taxpayers for Common Sense has your back, America. We're reading the bills, monitoring the earmarks, and highlighting those wasteful programs that poorly spend our money and shift long-term risk to taxpayers. Thank you.